Hello and welcome to the Yarniacs podcast. This is episode number 196, which we are recording on Sunday, June 30th, 2019. I'm Gail. And I'm Charlene. And we are back at UCSC recording today like we did our last episode because it has been so beautiful. It is just irresistible to not record outside. It's very pleasant up here. Very beautiful. Wonderful today. Not too hot. There's lots of birds out, though. Yeah, we so. have to apologize for that in advance. There seem to be a family of crows nearby that are very, very boisterous today. Yes. They're having a party of some sort. Yes. <laughs> All right. What are you wearing? I am wearing my awesome, awesome Ginga top, which is a pattern by Yoko Johnston. I believe I knit this last year. It seems like you must have knit it right at the end of the season so. and that's why i've never seen you yeah wear it. because i think i didn't wear it very much after i knit it but i am so happy to be wearing it today that's because beautiful. it's awesome the ginga top and there's two versions of this pattern i made the one for warmer weather and i used the coast yarn by holstgarn and the ginga top is a pullover t-shirt top with lace insets on the shoulders and at the very bottom there is a lace panel around the bottom of the t-shirt it is light and airy easy to wear i made it long enough to almost it's kind of a tunic it's yeah. not it's not a super long tunic but it covers it covers the booty yeah <laughs> so this is a great little top that right now i just threw on over leggings perfect for a casual recording day <laughs> and i'm pleased to see it because i want to knit the other version that has the longer sleeves which i will knit a little longer more tunicky mm -hmm. length but this is inspiring me to move that up higher in my queue yeah and i think i could actually knit the longer sleeve version for colder weather as well because I find it that pleasant. So I wouldn't mind having another version. Ooh, we might be knitting along <laughs> together. So that is Ginga Top by Yoko Johnston. What are you wearing, Gail? Well, I took it off because it's too warm, but I was wearing my finished Love Note by Tin Can Knits. So Charlene has finished two and I've finished <laughs> one. And it was very funny. Charlene took some finished object photos for me today because beautiful redwood tree background. And when I took out my love note and put it on, she literally did a happy dance. She was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's so cute. I can't even stand still. It was very funny. I wish we had been able to capture that on film or on I the just, microphone. I love that sweater and the color that you did it in is a color that I have used before. So obviously I love this color. It's, it's wonderful. Well, love obviously it. you love the color too, because you bought me the Malabrigo That's sock. true. That's true. Yeah. So you inspired that colorway. <laughs> so that's what I'm wearing. I will talk just a little bit more about it when we get to what have I finished. But you guys have heard a lot about the Love Note sweater recently because of our yeah. love for the Love Note sweater. Yes. So that's what I'm wearing. What have you been stocking? Well, the first thing I am stocking is one that I actually sent you a picture of via text a while ago well not too long ago but it is that beautiful 
rose inspired circular yoke colorwork oh, sweater. It's so pretty. <laughs> and yes, colorwork is everywhere. And though a lot of the colorwork sweaters tend to be too warm for me personally, I certainly like to look at them, especially when they're beautiful, and give credit where I think a design is absolutely beautiful. And this one is completely qualifies. Absolutely really, beautiful. Yeah, really beautiful. Yeah. It's called Once and Floral, and it is by a new to me designer. And it looks like he might be new to Ravelry as, as well, because he only has three designs or perhaps just a new designer to Ravelry. Or maybe he just has, a new designer. Yes, yeah, that's what I was above, trying yeah. to say. Yeah. So he only has three designs on Ravelry. And they are all colorwork sweaters. And I think they all date back just to last December. So within the, the last six months, six, seven months or so, he's had three colorwork sweaters. The designer's name is Maxim Sear. And the sample that is shown on the pattern page is in black, gray, and white with the roses in white, the main background of the sweater, black and then shadowing in grays and it's just beautiful <laughs> now it's it was inspired by a character on a tv show which That's mike right. and i watch and the tv show is called Shits creek not spelled like it sounds <laughs> and it's a really good television show and one of the main characters wears colors and sweaters like this quite often and their last name is rose so oh. it's inspired by this character. And I saw it instantly as soon as I read the description of the sweater. Oh, of course it was inspired by him. <laughs> He's my favorite character on the whole show. Okay. Uh, but yeah, take a look at it. There'll, of course, be links in the show notes. Absolutely beautiful. I can't stop raving about it. I might I probably, actually knit it. It's, it's certainly knit-worthy. I could see those roses is. in pink mm, with yeah. a dark background. Yeah, yeah it's gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> So that is Once and Floral by Maxim Sear. And then the second thing I am stocking is another crochet sweater. Yay! Believe it or not. This one, I think I also sent, may have sent you a you did. picture of this one too, because I was surprised that this sweater was crochet. Because when you first glance at something on Ravelry, when you look at a pattern page or perhaps you're just glancing at hot right now on your computer and you see several designs across the screen you don't always grasp with which ones are knitting or which ones are crochet by the way you can eliminate crochet or knitting if you prefer but I don't have either of those eliminated so i get when i go to the heart right now on my computer i want to see both knitting and crochet so yeah but there are toggles you can yes. use in ravelry yes. to change that if you prefer yes. so i have been seeing more and more crochet designs that are really lovely and i think that's really exciting for crochet i agree yeah it seems maybe this is the third time that i've mentioned seeing crochet designs in the last few months this one is called The Leaves Cascade Sweater by Anna D. And it is a slightly oversized, shorter length 
maybe between natural waist and hip. I wouldn't quite call it crop, but it's definitely shorter. shorter. It has a vertical lace panel down the front and drop shoulder sleeves. So it's a popular silhouette that we're seeing right now in a lot of knitting designs. And Anna D has managed to capture it quite beautifully, I must say, into crochet. Very pretty. Yes, take a look, especially if you're a crocheter, because I think it would be really fun to make. <laughs> Anna D has lots of patterns on Ravelry and she designs exclusively in crochet. And that was the Leaves Cascade sweater. And then the third thing I'm stocking is a pattern that is temporarily free on Ravelry and it caught my eye in the hot right now. It's called the Shaker Dishcloths and Coasters and it is a circular dishcloth that is knit in slices like a pie oh. or a pinwheel maybe. It's got triangular wedges of color that are done in short rows and then it creates a circle like a pie as if you were looking at slices of pie but it alternates colors and the reason that this really caught my eye is because my mom used to make these oh. she loved this pattern so i was really startled to suddenly see it in hot right now because i knew that it wasn't a brand new pattern but the reason it is temporarily in hot right now is because it is temporarily free so check it out if the pattern is still free you might want to download it and give it a try if you like to make dishcloths that is the shaker dish dishcloths and coasters pattern and it is by stacy perry of very pink and it may not be free for long so check it out what are you stocking, Gail? Oh my gosh, I've been in a stocking bonanza. <laughs> I've been spending a lot of time taking solace from my knitting and various parts of knitting, like all the fantasy parts and mm -hmm. looking through your stash and browsing Ravelry and, you know, all the various parts of our lovely crafts. So the primary thing I've been stocking is anything with mohair. So I'm kind of addicted to this mohair <laughs> held doubled with another yarn idea. And a new pattern that caught my eye is Gwyn, G-W-Y-N, by a new-to-me designer named Maria Lee, and it's really cute. It's a very simple, oversized cardigan, open front. It kind of reminds me of like an old-school letter sweater, kind of in design, and it's knit top-down with a fingering and a mohair silk lace held doubled. And then as you get closer toward the bottom, it switches to just a fingering weight in a different color. And the bottom hem with pockets is knit in that one solid color. And then the sleeves mimic that same two yarns held doubled to the bottom cuff where it's just a single color again. So it's color blocking. Color blocking. Yes. Yes. Really pretty. And of course it was in a pink that I love with white at the bottom in color block. So I think another reason it jumped out at me was because of the particular yes. colors involved. <laughs> it was really pretty. It's really pretty though. It looks so comfortable and casual and like you could live in it. Kind of bathrobe-ish. <laughs> <laughs> but it is super cute. And the model was wearing pink socks at the same time, which 
just kind of went together. It looked really cute. It did. So that is Gwen by Maria Lee. And the next one is the Caddington Wrap. And this is not even mohair. It just, you know, weird things cross your path. Yep. I'm looking at mohair and all of a sudden I see this sweater. Mm-hmm. And it is a voluminous sweater. So again, kind of bathrobe-ish. It is also an open front cardigan. And it has kind of tighter sleeves. But the entire body of the sweater is a lace pattern. And it kind of looks like a big rectangle with tighter sleeves. So when you put the sleeves on, it just drapes around you. And it's so pretty. I just thought, oh my goodness, that's just a gorgeous look. And looking through the finished objects, someone in our group knit it for the colors of fall last year. Oh, wow. And I could tell instantly scrolling through the finished objects because it was there with jeans and sh- and shoes right next to it. And I thought that looks like a styled photo for the <laughs> colors of fall. And sure enough. Oh, cool. So Cloudbug is her name and she knit one in a burgundy color. So of course that appealed to me right away too. But it it's not something that I think I would knit because one, it used a huge amount of yarn, fingering weight yarn. And I don't think that I'd be patient enough to knit that much of a sweater in a lace pattern. I'd have to really, really want it to do that. And it's it's one of those things, yeah, I'd like to wear it, but do I really want to put all that work into wearing it? I don't know. But it's really pretty. The Caddington Wrap by Kate Heppel. I don't think I said her name before. Another new-to-me designer. And there is another one on my stocking list, which is a pattern I've already knit twice. And that's because I love it. It's called the Deep Breath Sweater. And I think we mentioned it last week and I just couldn't remember the name of it. The designer is Kirsten Hipsky. She has lots and lots and lots of patterns. And this is a sweater you can knit either in worsted weight or lace weight yarn. Well, obviously you could use any weight you want, but the pattern itself, the gauge is based on worsted weight yarn. It's a simple raglan top-down sweater. Couldn't be easier. There isn't even any shaping in it, I don't think. But if you wanted to knit it in lace weight, which I have done twice in the past, you end up with a very open fabric, a very drapey, comfortable, almost like a pullover. You obviously have to wear something under it. You can't wear it by itself, but it's just lovely. I love the finished objects. One of them I ended up gifting to a friend and the second one I ripped to reclaim the yarn and the yarn is a Madeline Tosh lace. It's a discontinued merino cashmere nylon blend and I only had one skein which is about 850 yards so the sweater was never quite long enough and the sleeves were never quite long enough Mm -hmm. because I didn't have enough yarn. So I decided to repurpose the yarn and I want to knit the sweater again with enough yarn to finish at the length I prefer. So that's the deep breath sweater by Kirsten Hipsky. It's a really easy knit too. It couldn't get easier. And then the last thing I'm stocking is a baby sweater. We just got a call last week from one of our friends in France and she has had another baby and her second child is a daughter, Lilia, and we got to meet her online via Skype and she's (laughs) adorable. And I was stocking baby cardigans. You'd think I know exactly what cardigan I'd want to knit because I stock them all the time for Olivia. But I was browsing and I came across the pattern Sunnyside by the designer Tanis Lavalli. And it is a super simple top-down raglan shaped sweater. And in the pattern, there are 
instructions to either knit cables next to the button bands and on the increases for the raglan or a lace motif so you could personalize it either cables or lace depending on if you have a gender preference and you think those looks are gender specific so i would probably do the lace and it's a free pattern on ravelry and there are hundreds if not thousands of finished objects oh, so it's wow. a very popular pattern that means so, a very well written well written exactly. and successful pattern <laughs> exactly so let me actually see how many fo's there are and of course they're beautiful let's see 4430 oh, projects so yeah you know it's got to be a good pattern and yeah. free pattern gotta love that i think it was one of the top patterns when i searched for baby cardigans oh, wow. So I will probably be knitting that soon. And luckily I have the perfect yarn and stash for it. So yes, I was off on a little baby tangent this week too. So <laughs> gotta love that when you find out a friend has a new baby, there's just so much excitement. Yes. So that's Sunnyside by Tannis LaValle. So what have you been knitting? I have been working on a couple of things. The first one is my Farallon, which is a pattern by Elizabeth Doherty, still on the needles. I actually have stopped working on that because I'm at a point where I need to match two pieces for length and it's one of those stopping places mm -hmm. where I'll pick up something else sometimes instead of sitting down spreading things out on the table and matching for length go Although, figure <laughs> matching for length you do need to have more mental concentration so it has to be for me yes, it has to be quiet because i'm mm -hmm. counting rows and i want exactly. to make sure that no you know exactly you don't blow your count so yeah so that's waiting for me to pick it up and do a little technical work on it my sunnydale cowl is in my hands right now sunnydale cowl is a pattern by Katie Carroll that I have mentioned many times because this one is my carry around project right now and it has been so enjoyable that I have also been knitting on it as at home as well but I can pick up this the ball of yarn the cake of yarn and maybe I'm only halfway through so I still have a ways to go if Does it I use the full skein well she she tells you in the pattern knit to a certain number of pattern repeats and i'm not sure where i am but i don't think i i think i'm at least 10 off of that so i can either but really you can knit it to any yeah. height you want the pattern is a cowl that is knit in the round so i am knitting from the bottom and i'm knitting up 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 and you can make it any height you want so i have a full skein of western sky knit smooth sock that i am using and this one is a generous skein it is i can't remember the exact yardage but it's over 400 so i actually have quite a bit of yarn to use and i'll probably end up not using it all because the cowl would cover my face <laughs> <laughs> be a very very tall cow. very tall cow and the third thing i have on the needles is my may pop hoodie which is a pattern by susanna winter i cast this one on this week for the colors of fall Yay! in fact i intended to look up what the dark gray is called on the color list on the pantone colors oh. and i have forgotten 
Is it frost gray, maybe? Oh, I think it is. I think it is. I think one of the grays is frost frost gray. gray. I think the dark gray is frost gray. So that's the color that I have matched on the Pantone list. I am using a dark gray, I think it might be called charcoal gray, from Holst Yarn. It's the Coast, the yarn that's half wool and half cotton. I've used it many, many times. And it is one of Susanna's suggested yarns for the pattern because it's light and airy. And the hoodie, though it has a big hood and it's a a large sweater, she suggests a light drapey yarn, fingering weight. So that works for me. (laughs) I'm very happy to be knitting again with the coast. One of my favorite yarns. And you're wearing a sweater. I'm wearing a sweater. So obviously you love it. So the Maypop hoodie starts at the hood. I have not gotten very far on it. I've knit through a set of short rows to create the hood shaping. And I think I'm about to start a second set of short rows. I haven't quite figured out how the hood works one of those things where I just have to try not to figure it out and just follow the directions I and the go with thing. it. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to overthink it and was like, exactly. I don't get it. Yeah, I didn't get it either. And I'm at a point where I can just start going on the second set of short rows. And I think I'm just going to do that without trying to figure it out yep. <laughs> and see what happens. Don't overthink it. And if I end up having to rip it out, I end up having to rip it out. Hopefully I won't. But that is May Pop Hoodie by Susanna Winter. What are you knitting, Gail? I kind of exploded in the last week, you guys. <laughs> I have more projects on the needles right now than I may have ever had on the oh, needles wow. at any one given time. I don't know what happened. So <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, so I also cast on the May Pop Hoodie. And I am at the same place Charlene is. Oh, okay. So I think I may have done two sets of short rows, but just barely into the pattern. And Charlene and I both made the same rookie mistake. We both cast on. So you start in garter stitch on a smaller sized needle, which we both know. And then you graduate to a larger size needle for the rest of the sweater. Well, we both cast on on the larger size needle rookie mistake and I was texting Charlene saying oh my gosh I cast on on the bigger needle and she texted back oh my gosh I did the same thing that was funny (laughs) that's really funny that we both did that yep so I think that was my cast on for Wednesday and then Thursday I cast on another I'm telling you I'm out of control (laughs) I cast on like a cloud by Hohi Locatelli which yes I did just finish one recently but I'm knitting another one because I love my gray one so much so it is per the pattern the pattern calls for a lace weight held doubled with a mohair silk lace weight and i am doing that with a western sky knits mohair silk lace in her peony colorway which is a slight mauve leaning pink and i'm holding that doubled with neighborhood fiber company's masonette base which is a tessa silk merino blend in the Joyce Scott colorway, which is the same exact colorway I used for my ranunculus. (laughs) So I love the color of my ranunculus so much that I want a cardigan in almost the same color. So this is 
a little more mauve leaning than my ranunculus colors, but oh, it's so pretty. Oh my gosh. So we love what we love. Oh, yes, I really do. <laughs> so I have a gray one and I'll have a pink one Yay. and I'm doing the same exact modifications I did last time. So I'm not doing the textured stitch. I'm going to do regular increases to give it an A-line shape and will graduate to a larger needle size after I join under the underarms. Mm -hmm. So same exact modifications nice. I did last time. Already love it, even though I only knit on it one night and then set it down. <laughs> and then the next night <laughs> or the next day, I cast on a new hat called the How Quiet Hat, which is a design by Helen Stewart from her Knit Vent collection last year in 2018. And I cast this one on because the leftover yarn from my love note, which is Malabrigo Sock in the Azules colorway, and Dragonfly Fibers Fairy in the Nymeria colorway, it was sitting there beckoning to me saying, don't put me back in your scrap stash. You should cast on right now. <laughs> so I grabbed a little circular needle and cast on holding those doubled for this hat, which is typically knit in DK weight yarn. And I knit on it so much sitting at the shop that day with Charlene. She was working at our local yarn, local yarn store, the Swift Stitch on these little tiny circular needles. I think I cast on in a two size, US size two, 16 inch or 12 inch circular needle. My thumbs were so sore the next oh. day. Oh my gosh. Because I was just sitting on my butt on the couch knitting while Charlene <laughs> was working and I probably knit for an hour and a half straight maybe. Yeah. And yeah, my thumbs were really sore the next wow. day. So I'm going to have to work slowly and carefully on that project. <laughs> so that is the How Quiet Hat by Helen Stewart. And then yesterday <laughs> I cast on a brand new pattern on Ravelry called Panda by Susan B. Anderson. Oh. Olivia my granddaughter will be here next week with my daughter, Alex, and her husband, Josh. They're coming for a visit to California, and they will arrive on the 4th of July. And I'm taking most of next week and some of the following week off to be with them. And I thought, I really have to have something that I've made for Olivia when they get here, right? And I keep looking at all these toys, and I keep thinking, I just don't want to do that. I don't want the fiddly parts of it mad. So... Susan B. Anderson released this pattern yesterday and she had the most adorable video of it on Instagram. And I saw the Instagram video oh, and I saw that. wasn't it adorable? Yes. Oh my gosh. So <laughs> I saw it on Instagram and then looked at my email and I had an email from the Barrett Wool Company, which is her yarn company. They have a kit for it and there was a discount for the pattern for a limited time. I went and bought the pattern immediately, <laughs> hunted down all my stash yarn for it. I cast on within 10 minutes of buying the pattern, I think. And I already have a little panda body. You do a bunch of increasing and then you knit straight for 40 rows. And I'm 24 rows into that 40 row knitting straight. And so by tonight, I will have added in the black for the body. And... I'm just super excited that I'm knitting this little so toy for like I'm yes. super excited. And last night I did knit the cardigan. So it's a little panda bear with a little hooded cardigan that can go on and off the little panda bear. <laughs> and oh, it's so adorable. So last night I almost finished 
the cardigan. So I have to Kitchener the hood closed and then I have to knit the little teeny tiny sleeves. Oh my gosh, so, it's a panda with accessories. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what is cuter than that? So the kit, if you buy the kit on Barrett Wool Company, it's all fingering weight. And the cardigan part is knit with fingering held doubled. Okay. So I used Cascade 220 Superwash for my cardigan. Hmm. I'm works. hoping it's not going to be too big for the poor little bear. So we'll see. And I'm using Cascade Heritage Sock for the white part of the panda. And I'm using Madeline Tosh Onyx in the Tosh Sock Base for the black parts of mm -hmm. the panda. And you know when you know you have a yarn in your stash? You know you have it. You know it. I knew I had this white Cascade Heritage in my stash. I searched every place I have stashed. And I thought, oh my gosh, what did I do with it? I'm texting Carol and Charlene saying, do you have it? Either of you have white fingering white yarn that you'd be willing to part with? And I went on my Onda Ravelry because I was going to buy someone's D stash mm -hmm. of this exact yarn base. And I see I have it in my Ravelry stash. <laughs> like, wait a second. I knew I had it. It was in a project bag oh. in my knitting bin because I was using this to knit Jen Sheelan's jar cozies. Oh, and I had yes. it all in a project bag to knit another jar cozy, which I hadn't cast on. So I found my yarn. I was glad I wasn't insane because I was really <laughs> worried for a moment. <laughs> and then I cast on the panda. So yeah, lots of projects. I think like I said, this is the most things I've had. On, and I'm working on magical thinking still. Oh, yeah. So I opened my Ravelry project page and there are so many works in progress across the time. <laughs> it was almost stressful. Walking around my house lately, on the dining room table, there's yarn that I just wound for like a cloud. Next to my desk, on my desk is the hat in progress. Next to my desk is the blanket I'm crocheting. In the living room, there are two works in progress in various places, and I had one in my bag. It was like, oh my gosh, I am never like this. It's kind of maddening. The life of a knitter. <laughs> the life of a knitter. <laughs> this knitter is going to be finishing this, the quick and easy ones soon so that I don't have them weighing on me because I prefer only having, you know, maybe two-ish, maybe three projects on the needle. So I'll get down to it. All right, what have you finished since the last episode? I have finally finished my Derecho by Alison Green. Yay. I am so happy to have this one off the needles because I've worn it already yeah. and it is so cozy. I love the feel of this yarn. The yarn is called Remix Light. It's a yarn that I, a new to me yarn from Barocco and it is a non-wool yarn. It has cotton, linen, nylon, and silk. Might have one more thing in there. Might have a little bit of acrylic too. But it is just a really light yarn. It's not super hot in any way. And the fabric it creates is so soft. I really like it. I think I'm going to use the yarn again. I don't know if I'll make the same exact tunic or something different. We'll see. But it comes in a lot of great colors and I love the way it takes the dye because the different fibers take or don't take the dye a little bit differently. So the yarn is not monotoned, so to speak. It, tweedy. It, yes, it does look a little tweedy because 
for example, you can see the linen fibers that don't take the dye in the same way. So really nice. The Derecho is a tunic length top down top with a circular yoke, but very, very simple. It's got uh, pearl ridges and some yarn overs in the yoke. So nothing fancy, no lace, fairly easy to knit. And it's just also easy to wear. I wore it to work and I really liked it. That looks great on you. Yeah. Really very is happy just with it. Such a cute little style. And it only took me two skeins. The pattern said that it should take three and I had looked on Ravelry before I purchased my yarn, thankfully, because I saw that everybody who had made my size or even one size larger only used two skeins. So I only bought two skeins and I didn't have the extra skein hanging around. Nice. It's a really inexpensive top yeah. that way because the yarn is an inexpensive yarn as well. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very happy with that. That is Derecho by Allison Green. What have you finished? Well, as I already mentioned, I finished my Love Note by Tin Can Knits, which was a super fast and enjoyable knit. The modification I made in the pattern, there's a split hem at the bottom and the back of the sweater has some short rows at the bottom. So it's a little bit longer. And I did not do that. I just did a normal all the way down in the round hem because I was copying the ranunculus style that I finished previously this year. And I love it. It's really, mm -hmm. really cute. It's super easy to wear. It's super fabulous fabric, just like ranunculus. The only difference between the two sweaters in terms of fabric is ranunculus is a lace weight held together with mohair silk lace. Love Note is a fingering weight held together with mohair silk lace. So it's just a wee bit heavier of a sweater, mm -hmm. but still such a light fabric. It just feels like you're wearing a puff of clouds. Yes. It's fantastic. <laughs> I love it. So highly recommend the pattern, just like Charlene did. I'm glad that she knit it first because she totally inspired me to knit it because, <laughs> you know, she just whipped out those two that both look so adorable on her. So Love Note by Tin Can Knits total thumbs up from both of us. And I also finished my Slice of Pie Beret by Margit A, which is a free pattern on Ravelry. And I knit this with the beautiful yarn gifted to me by Scully Bun Bun. And it's the Knitting Goddess from the UK, and it's her Two Flocks DK. And it's 50% Horn and Pole Dorset and 50% BFL, Blue Face Luster. And the beret is so cute. Charlene just took pictures of me wearing it. I think it might be a little bit too big for my head. I think I have a smaller than average head because hats always tend to be a little bit big on me. But I love it. And I plan to wear it and rock it as much as possible Yay. in the coming <laughs> winter because it perfectly matches many of the things in my wardrobe, including some recently finished sweaters. So Slice of Pie Beret, it's also an incredibly easy quick knit. I mean, you cast on at the brim, you do a few rounds of ribbing, then you start increases and then you knit even for a few rounds and then you start decreases and you're done. It's incredibly simple. So I highly recommend the pattern as well. So Gail and I are bringing back 
the title that we used, I think it was a couple years ago, and we forgot about it. <laughs> we forgot and our we, own title. Yes, and we haven't used it. So this segment, welcome to School, School of, of Knit. Knit. And we wanted to mention a feature that was introduced recently on Ravelry called Private Notes. Now, if you're looking for private notes, you go to edit your project page, you scroll down to the bottom, and underneath project notes is an area, it's actually a little box that says private notes, and you type in your information in the box, click save changes, which is below the box, and then your private notes will appear on your project page at the bottom in a gray box and will not show when another Raveler, Raveler is logged into Ravelry and views your project page. Yeah, pretty it's cool. It's very cool. Yeah. I used it for, I tested it out for one of my projects and put some sizing information in there that wasn't necessarily anything that would help anyone else making the project. But I knew I wanted to remember that in case I made the project again. And it shows up at the bottom. It's very, very cool. Yeah, I can see it being super useful when you don't want to divulge any copywritten information from yes. a project or yes. pattern, but you want to take notes so that you can remind yourself. So that way you can make them private and nobody else is going to see like the cast on numbers or mm -hmm. something else that might give away proprietary information. Right. Or like I used it, sizing information mm -hmm. that perhaps you don't want to make public. Anything else that yeah. you don't want Who to make public. Who knows all the other uses there could yeah. be for it. Yeah. I was thinking even something about where you have a project stored perhaps oh that's a good or, idea yeah. too <laughs> yeah we've had a little bit of misplacing happening in our yes. knitting world lately so <laughs> yes and uh, speaking of ravelry yes we wanted to mention the elephant in the room that's how we feel yep it must be said <laughs> it must be said that ravelry has a new policy that they've introduced that has gotten a lot of press attention. Yeah, a lot of national level news recognition, Stephen Colbert show and lots of different news medias. It was on Vox, it was on USA News, lots of places. Places where you don't usually see Ravelry mentioned. Or knitting. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Very true. So Gail and I have been users of Ravelry since 2007. And it has changed our knitting and, dare I say, enhanced our lives. No, it has. I mean, we know people around the world now who we never would have met, literally. Yes. yes. So, as you can tell, we do love Ravelry. We love Ravelry. All right. So, school of knitting, other things we wanted to mention. One, I am very, very happy that I have been seeing more men posting in our Ravelry group. Yes, I think it's fantastic awesome. that there are more male knitters out there <laughs> and it's fantastic. I think everybody should learn to knit because it can just soothe you. So very excited Absolutely. to see that. And we wanted to talk about weaving in ends. Weaving in ends. It seems I, like such a simple thing. It right? does. And somebody... <laughs> I can't remember if it was in the what do you want to hear about thread on Ravelry or in a message somebody may have sent to me, but I had jotted down this note that somebody had said, can you talk about the way you weave in ends? And my favorite way 
is to use duplicate stitch on the non-public side of a garment. And I believe that's the way Gail yes. does her ends also. It was funny because when Charlene mentioned this, I said, well, I don't do it the right way. And she said, well, what is the right way? <laughs> and I had seen some kind of Cat Bordy video or Lucy Neatby, someone of that cal caliber who showed a very different way of just weaving it through the pearl bumps on the non-public side of the material. And I thought, oh, I've never done it like that before. Mm. <laughs> But if you are weaving in ends using a duplicate stitch, it can be a little bit tricky if you're on, if one, you're weaving in to a lace pattern. True. And two, if you're weaving into, for example, the start of a shawl that's a garter stitch tab, sometimes it's difficult to duplicate stitch because there might not be much area in which to duplicate stitch. In which case, I'm just kind of chaotic and haphazard and I just kind of loop it wherever it kind of makes sense and then flip the fabric over and make sure I can't see it on the right side. I do too. I pretty much do it that way as well. I've always felt like weaving in just on the pearl bumps showed more on yeah. the public side of the garment or accessory than duplicate stitch. I agree. And what is duplicate stitch? I feel we yeah. should say duplicate stitch is when you take your ends and you weave them in following your working yarn through one row of stitches. So if you have straight stockinette stitch, you're just weaving through the bottom loop, going up through the top loop, coming back down through the other top loop and down through the bottom loop again, and doing that in the form, I guess it's a U and an upside down U, mm -hmm. kind of snake-like back and forth, up and down, and keeping it loose enough so that you're not pulling the tension tighter than it should be. Oftentimes I leave mine even a little bit looser. I do too. Yeah. So that it doesn't show because the tension, if you pull that too tightly, you'll see a tension change on the right side of the fabric. Correct. So keeping it looser, you can't see that on the other side of the fabric. And then how close do you snip your ends? That's a good question. I've gone back and forth with snipping my ends with like a half inch of yarn sticking out to even closer, but it depends on the yarn I'm using because mm -hmm. if you clip it even closer, sometimes it pops out through the right side of the fabric. That always <laughs> happens to me. And I always joke about it because I say, okay, what is the physics of that? Why does the end of the yarn always end up poking out the right side? Why does it always end up on that side that you don't want it to show if I cut it too close? Well, if you cut it too close and then you stretch the the fabric when you're putting on the finished object, then it's it going, yeah, pokes it, out poop, the right side. It just side. goes right out through yes. the right side. Uh, and see, like, thank so, you for releasing me. Yes, exactly. So I, like you, tend to leave mine a little bit longer. I'll even leave an inch sometimes just to make sure it does not poke out on the right side. Yep. And one other thing that I do, so if you're a garment knitter and you have sleeves where you've picked up stitches, I like to leave a long tail in that area because oftentimes when I'm weaving in ends, there's, there's sometimes a gap where mm -hmm. you've picked up stitches for the underarm where it's very convenient to have that extra length of 
yarn so that you can close up those gaps as you're weaving in ends. Yes, to just draw the stitches together closer mm -hmm. and then have that end. So if you, if you are weaving in ends on a garment for personal use, then you can decide how long you want to leave it. Maybe you prefer it a little shorter. Maybe you don't mind it a little bit longer. If you are weaving in ends on a garment to show, like to enter into a competition, Gail and I were just talking about the coming county fair, in fact, and that's what made me think of this. If you were going to show your garment, then I would always suggest snipping those ends much, much closer because finishing a garment for show is a little bit different than finishing mm -hmm. a garment for practical use. And I would, there would probably be two sets of rules for finishing because if you were showing something, you do want it to be tip top look the best that you can possibly make it. Yeah. Whereas something that I'm going to wear doesn't bother me if I have inch long ends sticking on the wrong side <laughs> of a garment. Because <laughs> who's going to see them? Who's going to see it? If exactly. someone's looking at the inside of your sweater, you probably know them really, really well. And yeah. they're probably not judging your ends. So yeah. <laughs> and it also depends on your fiber that you're using. Non superwash wools are going to eventually felt together and if you are using a regular wool a non superwash wool you can usually get away with a well with weaving in for a much shorter section fewer stitches because that wool is going to felt together yeah and how far do you weave in your ends I tend to do a duplicate stitch for quite a few stitches because I, I have too. this paranoia that my ends are going to come unraveled yeah. for some reason. It's never happened to yes. me, <laughs> but it right. doesn't it's change the happened. fact that yes. I think it's going to eventually. So I usually do a duplicate stitch for quite a few yeah, I stitches. Do too. I do too. So that was weaving in ends. And if you have any different ways that you like to do it, please share it yeah. in our discussion group on Ravelry. Let us know. Shortcuts, easier things to do, any of the above. And we have one more tip. So we were just off mic talking about straightening up our knitting lately and how we couldn't find things. Like I did mention, I couldn't find my skein of yarn. And then Charlene mentioned she couldn't find some <laughs> knitting needles to start her Maypop hoodie. I don't know where I heard this tip the first time, and I should do it more regularly. But when you remove your needles from their case, whether it's the original plastic case, I leave most of mine in that original plastic case, put a little slip of paper in the plastic case, noting what project those needles are in so that when you go to get them and you're wondering where on earth did I leave that size two set of needles that I know I have and you can't find it anywhere and it's driving <laughs> you insane. Well, if you have the little slip of paper in there, you know where your needles are. Or even if you have a box or drawer, or binder, whatever you use for all your knitting needles, just put a tiny little notebook in there and just write when you take the needles out. Or put it in the private notes in Ravelry, but then you'd have to go to Ravelry and find yeah. it. That'd be way too difficult. <laughs> so just a little pro tip for keeping your needles better organized. And any pro tips you guys have for keeping stuff organized, please share. Organization is good. Oh, it's very good. <laughs> I need to improve mine. All right. Okay. 
I hope you're all knitting happily on your Colors of Fall projects. There have been quite a few entries already started that are just beautiful colors, beautiful projects. I just love this knit along. It's so much fun to watch what everyone's doing. I've already cast on two. Charlene's cast on one. And we're just going to see all the pretty things that evolve. I can't wait to see those finished photos. That's I know. my favorite part when they start popping up. Yep. So we can copy your cool styles. <laughs> That's what I do. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Happy knitting. Happy knitting, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. You can find our podcast on iTunes at Yarniax Podcast. Visit our blog with show notes at yarniax.com. We have a friendly and engaging Yarniax podcast Ravelry group. My Ravelry name is Knitter Ninja Shar. Gail's is Gaily Whaley. You can follow us on Twitter at Yarniacs or on Instagram at Yarniac and at Gaily Whaley.